0: Before I came to Sacred Heart, I don't think I ever heard our opening hymn for today, but it's kind of become over the years one of my favorites during Lent. When you think about it, just the words that save your people, O Lord, show us the way to go home. And when you think about that, that's ultimately, at the depths of everything, what we're longing for, to finally go home, to be home in the love, the embrace of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And this this particular weekend, I don't just mean today, Sunday, but also yesterday, we kind of see this amazing way in which God works to bring us home. And why do I say that? Yesterday was the solemnity of the Annunciation, and if you think about it, you know, just uh, chronologically, makes perfect sense. The date yesterday, March 25th, nine months before Christmas. So, you know, nine more months of shopping days, right? And it's the day that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The day that the second person of the Most Holy Trinity, the Son of God, the Word of God, took on flesh. The one who is fully divine also becomes fully human. He enters into all of this with us. And notice he leaves home, so to speak. I mean, the gospel for yesterday, it's one we know so well. We'll hear it a lot again in about nine months when we get close to Christmas. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth. He comes from God, which is where Jesus is, right? His home, His place of peace and glory and all fulfillment for all time with God the Heavenly Father and the unity of the Holy Spirit. And yet, in that home, in that love, according to St. Paul in his letter to the Philippians, Jesus doesn't consider that equality with God, that being at home, that great glory as something to be jealously clung to, as though it's a treasure that's just for him, but rather he emptied himself. And became one of us. And that's what we celebrate yesterday. The day that he became one of us. Like us in all things but sin. Like leaving home to come to us. To call us into our eternal home Of love with God. I mean, it's what we've been created for. You know, in the image and likeness of God, the triune God, who is continually this outpouring of love in the community of those three persons. And Jesus gets right to work in the Gospel of John in calling people to come home. In fact, in the first chapter of the Gospel of John, when you get into about the 30s in the verses, you hear about John the Baptist calling out about Jesus, behold the Lamb of God, And two of his disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. Now think about that. Jesus, who is coming to go after the lost sheep, to go after fallen humanity, right? Who since the time of our first parents, who were able to walk and talk with God in the cool of the evening in the garden, who decided to take things into their own hands, even though they had been warned, once you eat of the fruit of this tree, you will surely die. Now physically, they didn't die right like that, but entering an immortal sin, they cut apart that relationship with the heavenly father. They turned away from him. They went away from home. But God did not abandon them to that fallen state. He leaves home, so to speak, to go after them, to call them to Himself, to go walking by the Sea of Galilee, right? And to have them say, Where are you staying? Come and see. He wants them to come into His home, to be fulfilled for all time, to have His peace and His glory, to have, like last week we heard about the man born blind, to be able to say, I am. In the midst of the love of the heavenly trinity, he wants them to come home. And he's willing to go so far to leave home, to come after us, and to see what our home, so to speak, has become. And we see that in the gospel today and the reaction of our Lord and how far he's willing to go, right? To come to Lazarus who has died, to see the fullness of our fallen condition. What happens when we fall into mortal, deadly sin the kind of sin of turning our back from God of going after things away from him it ultimately leads to a very different home notice that they come out weeping they're all weeping Mary comes out when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her weeping he became perturbed and deeply troubled and said where have you laid him where is he staying and they said to him sir come and see And what's the reaction of Jesus? And Jesus wept. Our Lord is willing to leave his home to come after us who have found a terrible home in sin and death, a sadness of knowing that this life without him ends in death and nothing else. Well, here in the Exalted in two weeks at the Easter Vigil, our birth would have been no gain without our redemption without God himself, the good shepherd going after us, the lost sheep, and willing to leave home, to leave where he is staying, to come after where we're doomed to stay, to be overwhelmed with emotion. And you think about this, where he is staying. We even see in the words in this gospel when Jesus is ready to call Lazarus out of the grave. And Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. I know that you are always hear me. When they ask him, where are you staying? He's always staying in the heart of his heavenly father, always with him going as far as he can into God forsakenness, like aligning himself as close as he can with our first parents and all of us in our fallen condition to the very point that on the cross, he'll call out my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But those aren't the last words. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And he descends into hell to bring out our first parents, to bring out fallen humanity, each and every one, to call them out of that fallen condition from where they're saying, to hear them say, come and see, and to have the fullness of what that means and to weep. Jesus comes that far to call us to come and see his home, what we're created for, the fullness of love with God. That is what our Lord wants for us, willing to face death itself to bring us out of death. That is the kind of God that we have. That is the amazing thing here, and he's here to save his people and to call them home. And that is why We have so much hope. That is why this time of year especially, to see the lengths to which he will go, to see in the crucifix that we'll be meditating on so fully over these next two weeks. Next Sunday is Palm Sunday, then we'll have Good Friday. As we meditate on the horrors of sin and all that that means, and the depths to which God will go, the love that he will show, laying down his full life, that he can bring us from where we're staying in the grave to bring us home. And the thing that I would say is, we reflect on this and how amazing his love is and how as we reflect on this and seeing from the very beginning of his ministry, he's calling us to come and see, wants us to come and be with him. There's sort of like a little addendum this morning I think we can sort of just spend a little bit more time on and a very special patron saint to help us with, I would say, not just the next two but maybe even the next three weeks and beyond. And that's St. Thomas, okay? So St. Thomas called Didymus. I will tell you, one of my sort of like pet peeves with a small T tradition in the church, not a capital T, it's not an official thing, but in three weeks from now, we'll have Divine Mercy Sunday and we'll get the gospel where all of the apostles, save two, Judas is already gone, but also Thomas is not there with them in the upper room. And of course, that gets him the eternal nickname that I do not like, Doubting Thomas, right? Thomas says so much more than that. I like to call him talkative to Thomas, you know, because he speaks up. Notice today, Jesus is going back towards Jerusalem, just two miles away, where they were just trying to kill him. And the apostles say, um, they were just trying to kill you there and you want to go back? And what does Thomas say? Let us also go to die with him. That's not a doubting guy, right? Like, okay, don't get me wrong. In three weeks, he's going to be away. He's going to be outside of the upper room. He's going to say, unless I put my finger into his wounds and stick my hand into his side, I won't believe. But he's also called Didymus. It means twin. He's just like us, right? When you look at this point of Lent, we're at the fifth week of Lent now. We're really into this. We're well past halftime at this point. We're into our fasting, into our almsgiving. Hopefully your prayer has been great. And I've found over the years, it's amazing, and I I see it confirmed in my own experience. It's a great time of year. And I have so many people say, like, you know, I really love Lent. Like, I feel better than ever. I'm getting closer to our Lord. It's amazing. And then in three weeks, the week after Easter, right? Right. We'll have like a week of Reese's peanut butter, eggs, and bourbon. And it's like, oh my god, it's so great. And then by that point, it's like we have the Easter hangover and it's not so great anymore. I'm all upset and we start to doubt. Look at Thomas. Here he is in the midst of struggle and strife and clinging to Christ. And he's ready to say, let us go also to die with him. Why? Because he is, Jesus has come from home to tell us, come and see, to be with him. And the trouble is, once we get past Easter, all of a sudden we start focusing on other things. We look at the basket rather than at the cross, and we start to fall apart in doubt and all these different things. Thomas called Didymus, which means twin. He's like us. Here we are at the fifth week of Lent, and we're like ready to go, and it's great. But then we get past Easter and it just starts to fade. And I would say, let's ask our Lord through the intercession of St. Thomas that we appreciate so much that he has come to us to call us out of our fallen condition, to call us into his love, to call us back home, but not to just sort of let that go once Lent leaves us, but to hold on to that 365 days of the year, not just in Lent, but also in Easter not just at Christmas time, but in ordinary time, but always and forever, to recognize that fact that we have that longing to come home and he has come to give it to us. Don't let it just sort of fade as we get past the great solemnity. Realize the fact that Gabriel was sent from heaven to to our virgin mother. He came to announce the fact that God himself would empty himself to call us home. My brothers and sisters in Christ, that is the reality. That is the great glory that gives us hope. The great glory that reminds us that the grave is not what ultimately wins, but his love. And if we cling to that every day, especially with the help of Gabriel. And remember, the church recommends for us that we repeat his words countless times throughout our lives. At least 50 a day as we pray the rosary. To remember the fact that the angel of the Lord declared unto Mary that she would be the mother of God, that God himself would come to call us home. My brothers and sisters in Christ, our ultimate fulfillment, love incarnate himself, has come to call us out of our fallen condition. Don't let that slip away, but cling to him today during these next holy days and throughout the whole liturgical year. Praise be Jesus Christ.